So my commitment when I came here, I had a verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Uh, we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus is Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. So this morning, I want to uh, finish uh, where I started, and that is I want to share with you the love of God. I want to share with you the good news that we uh, sometimes in church parlance call uh, the gospel. But what is the gospel? What is the gospel that we are saying yes to, that we are being invited to receive and to be a part of? And so this morning, I want to share with you the gospel, and I want to do it in a visual form uh, using uh, a couple of chairs. Uh, I learned this from some of my mentors who learned it as they have confessed from their mentors, and it's been passed down. And um, it, I'm not quoting because it, as it gets passed down, things get adjusted and so on. And so I want to share with you the gospel message in this visual form. And the, I'm going to do it twice. The first time I'm going to share with you the gospel, and it's probably maybe the way you've heard it before. You've heard it several times. It could be said maybe that it is our inherited understanding of the gospel. And it is um, beautiful, and it is tr there's a lot of truth to it, and so on. But there is also some, perhaps some miscommunication there as well. So I'm going to share with you the gospel then a second time with some slight modifications. So with that, let me begin. In the beginning, God... He created the universe and everything in it. And he created human beings. Human beings that would be in his image. And human beings that together would be in a face-to-face -face relationship with the Lord. A face-to-face -face loving relationship. But because it was a loving relationship, there was also the possibility he gave us the opportunity to choose. To choose whether we wanted to be in relationship with him or not. And we chose to go our own way. In the garden with Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, the Israelites... Over and over again, generation to generation, we chose to alienate ourselves from the Lord. Now, God is loving and holy and righteous, and He is also wrathful and a judge. And so He is pure, and because He is holy and pure, He cannot stand the sight of alienation and sin, and so he turns his back on human beings. But God is not only a wrathful judge, he is also a loving father. And so he sent his son Jesus, who came to earth in the flesh and became one of us to dwell among us. And to show us what it is like to be perfectly human and to be in relationship with the Lord. 
And Jesus went to the cross, and he took our sin on the cross, and he took the wrath of God. He bore the wrath from the world and the wrath of God. And then he died, and he rose again. And he put aside the wrath of God. So then Jesus changed humans' minds about God. He changed our hearts about what God is like. And he also changed the heart of God towards human beings. And now that God had vented his wrath on Jesus Christ... We are now brought into this return back into this loving relationship with the Lord. So, do you recognize that version of the gospel? There's some beautiful things there. There's some truth there. But maybe there's also some miscommunication as well. So, let's try it a second time. In the beginning... God. He created the universe and everything in it. He created human beings in his likeness to be his image bearers. And he created us to be in a loving relationship with him and each other, to be in this face-to-face loving relationship. And because it is a loving relationship, he gave us the ability to choose I mean, to make real choices, to have real options, whether to choose to be in relationship with him or to choose not to be in relationship, to return our love towards him or to be alienated from him. And we chose to turn our backs to him and to be alienated from him as human beings. And so God pursued us. In the garden, Adam, where are you? It was in the garden when the conflict broke out with Cain and Abel. He said, after the murder, I will be with you. I will protect you. And to the children of Israel, he came looking for them. But even there, they turned their back on God and said no. So the Lord pursued them. And he said, I will give you laws. I will give you laws so that you will learn how to live holy and pure lives. And be drawn into relationship with me. But the Israelites, they said no. We would prefer a golden calf. And so God... Gave them prophets. He gave them prophets who would teach them and speak their words. His words to them so that they would learn and grow and change. But they said, no, we know better. We'll go our way. So the Lord again pursued them and he said, I will let you go into uh, into captivity. You are consternatious, but I will allow you to go into captivity so that you will learn and grow, and maybe you will return to me. But again, they said no, and they turned their backs. 
So the Lord sent his son, Jesus, who came into the world, came onto earth in the flesh to live among us and to be one of us and to show us what it is like to be really human and to be in relationship with the Lord. And it was interesting because not since Adam had anybody seen anyone like Jesus. And it was freaky because not only had he, was he demonstrating love towards the Heavenly Father, but he was demonstrating love to everybody else, even his enemies. It was like Jesus could find value and worth in every single person. He rebuked the religious leaders and the hypocrites, but he welcomed the outsiders, those that were marginalized. He welcomed them. And he didn't begin, rather than pushing people away in judgmentalism, he invited people closer and into a fellowship with him. He reached out to a woman, no less, when men shouldn't speak to women, to a Samaritan woman, no less. He reached out to an embezzling tax collector named Zacchaeus. In a crowd, he picked him out. And when the religious leaders tried to trick Jesus by bringing him a, a supposed woman caught in adultery, after speaking to them, they left and he said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. And notice the order in which he spoke. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Not go and sin no more or else. Just don't. It was like Jesus was front end loading acceptance and forgiveness. And the religious leaders and the hypocrites didn't know what to do with Jesus because he was disrupting their systems and structures. A religion that was predicated on eternal insecurity. And so human beings crucified him. Human beings vented their wrath and anger and violence on the Lord while the Heavenly Father looked on. The Lord expressed his love toward us in Jesus Christ. And after he was crucified, he died, but he rose again. And being put to death in the flesh, he rose so that he might bring us to God and bring us back into relationship with the Lord. But that's not all. Not only did he bring us back into relationship, but he promises not only will he go through life with us, but that he will be in us and we in him. 
He promises that he will give us his Holy Spirit. And we will do life together. We do life together. But it's a particular kind of life. Individually and as a church. Because this is the Missio Dei. This is the mission of God. So it is a particular kind of life. It is this kind of life. So then it is not only Jesus as my personal Savior. He is Lord and Savior of all. It is an expanding love. And so the church is only the church in so far as it is participating in the mission of God. The mission is not a ministry. It is a way of life for the church. Because, my friends, there are other people that need to know. And the Lord, well, now we know what he does. He pursues. And if we are the church, then that is what we do. It's an expanding love. That's the good news.